Chapter number two of Baseball How to Become a Player. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caveat Baseball How to Become a Player by John Montgomery Ward. Chapter number two Training. Someone has truthfully said that ball players like poets and cooks are born, not made, though once born, their development, like that of their fellow artists, may be greatly aided by judicious coaching. Of what this training shall consist becomes then a question of much importance. The only way to learn baseball is to play it, and it is a trite saying that the best practice for a ball player is baseball itself. Still, there are points outside of the game such as the preliminary training, diet and exercise, an observance of which will be of great advantage when the regular work is begun. The method and style of play and the points of each position are given in the subsequent chapters, so that I shall speak here only of those points which come up off the field and are not included in the game proper. But, first of all, let me say that no one will ever become an expert ball player who is not passionately fond of the sport. Baseball cannot be learned as a trade. It begins with the sport of a schoolboy, and though it may end in the professional, I am sure there is not a single one of these who learn the game with the expectation of making it a business. There have been years in the life of each during which he must have ate and drank and dreamt baseball. It is not a calculation, but an inspiration. There are many excellent books devoted exclusively to the general subject of training, and a careful reading of one such may be of much service in teaching the beginner the ordinary principles of self-care. It will show him how to keep the system in good working order, what are proper articles of diet, how to reduce weight, or what exercises are best calculated to develop certain muscles. But for the specific purposes of a ball player, such a book is entirely wanting, for the reason that the condition in which he should keep himself and therefore the training needful differ from those for any other athlete. To perform some particular feat which is to occupy but a comparatively brief space of time, as to run, row, wrestle, or the like, a man will do better to be thoroughly fit. But if the period of exertion is to extend over a length of time, as is the case with the ball player, working at six months at a stretch, his system will not stand the strain of too much training. Working solely on bone and muscle day after day, his nervous system will give way. He will grow weak, or as technically known, go stale. This overtraining is a mistake often just made by the young and highly ambitious player. Though doubtless many of the instances of loss of speed by pitchers and off-streaks by older players are really attributable to this cause. The condition in which a ball player should keep himself is such that his stomach and liver are in good order his daily habits regular, his muscles free and firm, and his wind strong enough to allow him to run the circuit of the bases without inconvenience. He must not attempt to keep in what is known as fine condition. He should observe good hours and take at least eight hours sleep nightly, and he must eat generously out of wholesome food except at noon, when he should only take a light lunch. There are many players who eat so heartily just before the game that they are sleepy and dull the entire afternoon. The travelling professional player needs to pay particular attention to the kind and quality of his food. The sudden changes of climate, water, and cooking are very trying, and unless he takes great care he will not get through a season without some trouble. 
especially should he avoid under or overripe fruit, for it is likely that many of the prevalent cases of cholera morbus are due to indiscretions in this particular. If he finds it necessary to take some light stimulant, let it be done with the evening meal. Never take any liquor at any time. I do not favour the indiscriminate use of any drink, but, on the contrary, oppose it as the most harmful practice. I do believe, however, that a glass of ale, beer or claret with one's meal is in some cases beneficial. A thin, nervous person, worn out with the excitement and fatigue of the day, will find it a genuine tonic. It will soothe and quiet his nerves and send him earlier to bed and asleep. The beefy individual with plenty of reserve force needs no stimulant, and should never touch liquor at any time. If taken at all, it should be solely as a tonic and never as a social beverage. The force of the above applies with special emphasis to the young professional player. Knowing so well the numberless temptations by which he is surrounded, I caution him particularly against indiscriminate drinking. In no profession in life are good habits more essential to success than in baseball. It is the first thing concerning which the wise manager inquires, and if the player's record in this respect is found good, it is most hopeful indication of his future success. Keep away from saloons. The amount of work necessary to keep a player in proper form must be determined in each particular case by the individual himself. If he is inclined to be thin, a very little will be enough, and he should not begin too early in the spring, while if prone to stoutness he may require a great deal, and should begin earlier. It is scarcely necessary to say that all exercise should be begun by easy stages. Commencing with walks in the open air and the use of light pulley weights, or clubs, or bells, the quantity of exercise may be gradually increased. Never, however, indulge in heavy work or feats of strength. Such exercise is not good for anyone, but especially is dangerous for ball players. They do not want strength, but agility and suppleness. Besides, the straining of some small muscle or tendon may incapacitate one for the entire season, or even permanently. Right here is the objection to turning loose a party of ball players in a gymnasium for spring practice. The temptation to try feats of strength is always present, and more likely someone will be injured. The best preliminary practice for a ball player outside of actual practice at the game is to be had in a handballed court. The game itself is interesting and one will work up a perspiration without noticing the exertion. It loosens the muscles, quickens the eye, hardens the hands, and teaches the body to act quickly with the mind. It affords every movement of the ball field, except batting. There is little danger from accident, and the amount of exercise can be easily regulated. Two weeks in a handball court will put a team in better condition to begin a season than any southern trip, and in the end be less expensive to the club. But whatever preliminary work is found advisable or necessary to adopt, the player should be particular in the following. Having determined the amount of exercise best suited to his temperament, he should observe regular habits, keep the stomach, liver and skin healthy, attend carefully to the quality of food taken, and if he takes any stimulant at all, let it be with the evening meal. End of chapter 2